the more evidence, the better, I say. I mean, this, this is so improbable. That's, a, that's a, bold, a bold statement. I mean, I think that's a fair point, but I didn't make that argument. He did. Why, why is that true? Hmm. Is that a good question? Maybe it's not. That's... Drew, you're not supposed <laughs> can, to ask good questions you, like sorry, that. Sorry, sorry. Ask difficult questions. Bill, jump in here. I'm Bill the Christian. And I'm Drew the Skeptic. You're listening to The Divide. All right, we're here today with Bob. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Bob is a former atheist who deconverted from atheism and uh, became a Christian. So we don't have a particular question to put to you, but we want to ask you to explain why. I guess the question is, why did you deconvert? Okay. Um, well, just a little bit of background. I grew up in a non-Christian home. And, I mean, we didn't go to church. We did maybe less than a dozen times up through high school. Uh, parents didn't profess any type of faith. Uh, we weren't anti-anything, though. We just That wasn't part of our, our, our life, I guess. It was just a non-issue, kind of. Correct, yeah. So they didn't, they didn't speak against Christianity or mm-hmm. anything? Or other religions? Nothing. Nope, nope. Okay. And um, you know, graduated high school, went on, um, didn't think much about it either way. I guess I was more agnostic, and sometimes atheist, just depended on how much thought I was putting into it, I guess. And um, Did you feel like, if I may interrupt, mm-hmm. do you, did you feel like Christians were a nuisance or annoying, or um, did you have, you didn't have, a, it sounded like you didn't have a negative view of Christians, but... I didn't have a negative view, but I think as I got older, there was a bit of that belief of Christians think they're better than... Um, which I, I don't think is uncommon, uh, yeah. sadly. Sure. Um, but eventually met and married my wife, Jen, who is a Christian. And um, that was, man, we've been married 12 years now. So she's been a Christian since before you were married most Correct. of her life? Did mm-hmm. she grow up? Grew but... up going to church, um, you know, professed a faith at a, at a young age, uh, went to uh, Samford here in Birmingham. So... Uh, she, she was behind the scenes praying a lot for me um, as we first met each other and certainly as we got married. And, and then I didn't become a Christian until about five years ago. And you were married for how long before you? Uh, five, six, seven years, somewhere around there. Okay. Wow. Uh, did, um, so did you look at, things like did people give you C.S. Lewis's mere Christianity or you know were Christians trying to convert you previous to, to all that before even um, your wife? Yes there were different times throughout being from young kid high school college one of my closest friends was a, a Christian he's actually a pastor now down in Florida and we would have some great conversations late into the night um, from either side uh, but just could never get there in high school, even or l- um, later in life. R- more at uh, in college. Okay. Uh, high wow. school, there was a, a couple conversations, but um, nothing too like you got to come to church with me. You got to come do this. Mm-hmm. I did get a few times. You're going to hell. Oh. And that was like a turn off. I mean, those were from other kids or something. I was like, Man, not from that's... your best friend, though. I guess no. <laughs> that would be no. A it was a, a strain on the. It was a different message. <laughs> did. Uh, you, did you find that um, when you when people were 
confronting you like this, I guess, friends or what have you in various ways, did you feel like, um, you know, you, you were sitting in class here, learning stuff in university? I'm sure you took some history courses about the Bible somewhere it came in, I assume. Um, maybe it didn't, but I would think usually in university people start hearing things they've never heard about Christianity, about Jesus. Uh, we've heard that from other people we've interviewed. Did that have any impact on your I didn't have a lot of that at that point in my life. I, you were a math guy. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, I, I think I wasn't interested in developing a worldview at that point. Didn't have much interest in figuring a lot of that stuff out. Okay. So I probably avoided more of that. So through, this is through, other than your maybe your conversations with your best friends, you were in college or out of college before you really got interested. So what, what did make you sort of turn towards the question of, you know, well, the big questions, where, how did we get here? Why, you know, what's the meaning of life? What's, what, what's the purpose of this? Right. I, I think as I, as I started to move towards Christianity, I became more agnostic than atheist thinking there's something out there, but shoot, I'm not smart enough to know what it is. And I don't know that it would all be put into one being up there. Was that a tough move? Because it seems like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I grew up Christian, so it's a little different for me. I, mm-hmm. I kind of went the other way. But if I'm just thinking if I grew up sort of a-religious, just not even into it, what would what would bring me to the point where I was interested enough to entertain those questions? And I'm thinking, you know, did well. I guess I'll just leave it to you. What was it? Because I'm 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 having tr- I, I would have had trouble um, leaving the idea that oh, Christians are just these people that believe this kind of crazy stuff, and I've never needed any of that, and I'm I'm fine, and I'm here. And so, what what turned your interest toward it? I think what you just said is is very true, and I experienced some of that myself. Of, hey, I'm a pretty good guy. You know, love my wife, have great kids, good job, life's pretty good. Why would I need that? You're an adult. You've made it this far, you know, right? That sort of thing, right. right. <laughs> um, but it's the the best way that I can describe it is, um, you're married, you're in a serious relationship. You know how. When he, he was talking to Bill, just to be clear, Drew's correct. <laughs> <laughs> when when there's a, when you have a fight or a disagreement with your spouse, there's 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 just that separation. There's that space there, and you might still talk, but dinner's not as enjoyable. Or in bed, there's um, the, the bed's not as warm. <laughs> when you leave for work in the morning. You know, there's not that goodbye hug and kiss that you know really really starts your day off on the right foot, and so I would say that life was good, but I didn't have, but there was separation there that I maybe couldn't even really identify until I was on the other side, and that separation was what led me to go. There's got to be something more, and I need to start taking it seriously and exploring this. Hmm. Wow. So there was a, there was just a. Palpable different d- distance, I mm-hmm. guess. Between so it was more distance than envy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, there's an element of seeing people who you can feel the Holy Spirit on them. They're just at peace. There's joy no matter what the situation, and you can just feel an aura around those folks. So you didn't feel that, but at the time I you wouldn't have thought like that. No, but I saw that and I was like, I want some of that. Mm-hmm. So I gotta, yeah, I gotta, I gotta dig in on that. I gotta ask like how. 
because obviously at the point at that point you wouldn't have described it as the Holy Spirit is on them. So what what did it look like from your from your non Christian your your pre conversion or peace. pre deconversion however we're talking peace. about. So they okay, so, so you're just like what are, you know why are they so uh, settled? Why are they so you know right. the, unworried un, un unconcerned? Uh, yes, uh, there there was a peace. Um, there's a, is a comfort in knowing, I would say. And part of my journey, this was maybe five to six years ago, as I was coming to Christ, had not professed a faith at all. But I would drive between work appointments, and this would go on for weeks, have this conversation in my head of, is there a God or is there not a God? Mm. If there is a God, why are these things happening? Or if there's not a God, why are these things happening? And it... It was constant. It was overpowering. I couldn't think of anything else because it would keep coming back to that conversation, and, and really, it was maddening. Huh. So, so was so was one of the biggest things that that contributed to your lack of peace, if I can describe it that way, was one of the biggest things that that caused that this sort of question that you had about what is it, what is there, what you know, like why can't I figure it out, that sort of thing, because. I dealt with some of that myself, um, coming the other way, sort of. But like, what was? Did you think that that if you solved the sort of riddle, that that would bring you peace? I hoped it would. Yeah. And there. And was, you were still willing to go either way at this point. If you sure. said, "Oh, wow, this Christianity thing is kind of bunk," uh, sure. but I could have a peace about that. That maybe that would right. be the I, solution. I've made a decision either right, way. Right, right. I'm settled on it. Right. Okay. Um, if, you know, as I was talking, the, the just just back and forth in my head. Eventually, I just told myself, I said, "All right, I'm gonna just tell myself there's a God, and I believe in it, and that's it. Mm-hmm. I won't be. Able, I, I don't know enough to be able to explain why that means this or that, but I'm just gonna tell myself that. And I, no joke, it was almost overnight. I'd say within two days, those conversations in my head, that back and forth, stopped, and I was like, oh my gosh. There's, it's, it's almost like I didn't realize it because it just felt like, ah. But also oh, wow. to your point of, of what was it I was pursuing, it, I think there was a part of me deep inside, and I would contend that at some point everybody has this. That we know deep, deep, deep in our heart that there's a God there, that, that he exists, and that, that he's doing something to, to lead us to him at some point. Let me ask you if you thought there, like, was there a, you didn't have a cancer diagnosis, you didn't have, uh, there wasn't sort of an existential health crisis or psychological crisis, it doesn't sound like, correct? Mm -mm. That's often, I think, the way it's sort of perceived sometimes. Something dramatic, right? Something dramatic causes someone to suddenly change radically their their perception. But in your case, it was, sounds like, if I understand you correctly, it was a little more of there was a positive appeal and attraction Rather than that, you were being driven to it by some external force, I guess, negative. Well, force. other than your own angst, I guess. Yeah, right? you're an, I mean, yeah, you're in trouble. Right. Yeah, I would agree with that. So there was a there, there was no major event, no crazy thing, but would you describe it as a kind of existential crisis still of this back and forth of trying to figure it out, what mm. ultimate reality or it's fine. I have to get back to you on that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, the search for peace that you talked about, I guess, to me, sounds somewhat existential. Yeah. You know, it sounds like no. you're you're trying to what's deal the, with things. What's noticeably lacking 
which I think was the case in my own conversion, you know, from atheism toward Christianity, was I didn't go and read the great philosophers on the, you know, on God, the great arguments for God in history. I didn't, I wasn't, um, you know, steeped in Christian apologetics to convince me this was all true. And if I if I understand you correctly, you you're sort of you had a debate that sort of ended. Did you feel like that was a little bit provisional at that time? Like you were believing, but mm, was yeah. it? Did it That's feel a, a little provisional? Because I feel like that was the case for me. Yeah, were you? Were I still you, felt very open long after my conversion that I could still disbelieve. And what I and, and I think I agree with your question exactly. And what I mean by that is, did were, were you trying it out? Um, maybe not as like. Uh, I'm, I'm still could go either way on this, but like I'm, I'm all in. If it works, if I still don't feel any peace, then we'll like whatever, see what happens. Like That's whatever what, major you declared when you were heading yeah, to exactly, college. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you're you're in, but you're not sure that it's going to work. Yeah, I, I was I was there. It, I, I would at that same time, and, and this is over a period of, of several months. Um, I would take walks in the morning with our dog and. I, it's very peaceful and quiet, so it gives you some time to really think before the day gets started and stuff gets crazy. And I would pray saying, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Okay, so this was in the very first... So so now, let me just make sure I got this right. You said, uh, this was in the last four or five years, you just decided, okay, I'm, I'm tired of having this debate with myself, I'm going to believe. And it's sort of been ever since then. Correct. Haven't looked back. As when I was an atheist, I felt I had to know everything and I had to have something concrete. And there's something very freeing of saying, I just don't know. And I'm okay with that. Hmm. I'm going to believe this. That's and interesting. Be okay with it. We've yeah. had some atheists say that about yeah. uh, about science or, or, or mm-hmm. other questions of, you know, why do you Christians think you have to have to know everything? You have to have an answer, and you're saying exactly the opposite. So I think mm-hmm. that's interesting. That's really interesting. But, but what I really want to take off on there is, Bill, I want to turn this to you and say, is that your experience as well? That you know, you were saying you didn't <laughs> you didn't understand all the texts of the Bible and the yeah. you know surrounding literature. You. You just converted, and and so what was that like for you when you were an atheist before? Yeah, so I was younger and unmarried, but in college. But the, uh, I think there was, and maybe there was for you that you just didn't describe yet, Bob, but I did have an intellectual barrier to the Bible, where I really thought the Bible was sort of bunk. And so I... I did that's have the word, a lot. That's the of, word of the day, by the way, is bunk. Is it? Just if anybody's, yeah, I said it earlier. Oh yeah. I was like, didn't know that. My so, girlfriend's gonna make fun of me for that one, just because I, I use old people words. So thanks for characterizing my age there, Drew. Oh, um, no problem. The, uh, I think um, so. It, I had a lot of conversations about the Bible around the time that I converted, and I I read the Bible, but I had a lot of criticisms of the Bible, and I asked hard questions about the Bible, and I did not think they were all resolved uh, by the when I converted, and I felt it was provisional in some ways. That It's very similar to what you're saying, actually. I'm quite surprised by this, to be honest, because I didn't expect this in the interview. But it reminds me a lot of the debate I had in my head back and forth. There was something that was very appealing 
uh, about belief in God, but I had been so resistant for so long, it was like, yeah, I don't really want to do that, and I, how do I know I'm not tricking myself into believing and all that the head game stuff. And So it was uh, kind of a throwing up your up your hands in, in some sense? I think in a lot of ways I did feel like it I was might more as well of a surrender. give it a shot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I C.S. Lewis's conversions always resonated with me that he more surrendered. Right. And he describes himself, you know, when he converted to theism, not yet to Christianity, he said he was, I think, the most dejected convert in all of England. Mm-hmm. And reluctant, I think, yeah. Reluctant, sorry, reluctant convert. And I, I very much felt that way. Like, I don't want to seem like I'm one of the crazies yeah. So, uh, but there's enough of appeal, both intellectually and emotionally, I psychologically. I agree with so much of that. It was a surrender. It was, a, I'm going to stop fighting. I'm going to stop fighting God. I'm, I'm just going to give in. I'm going to surrender. And Lord, I'm yours. It was, it, that was very freeing. Also, so, I'll say, let me just interject this real quick. I also did have never felt as, the, as a Christian the the way I feel I think some Christians tend to seem to act or at least they appear to think this way that I now know it all because I'm a Christian (laughs) right I very much had the opposite experience where it was more like now is the beginning of trying to understand things and I feel like I've been working on that for 20 years I think it's interesting that both of you express that not not just from a I don't need to know everything kind of point of view but just from a okay I, I don't I don't even have a full knowledge of why I'm doing this. Like I don't, I don't have all the answers that I feel like I would like to have, but I'm just going to go for it, sort of. But let me let me take a, another turn on this because this is what's really interesting to me is that I grew up Christian. Like I was in church from the day I was born. I was, you know, uh, I had several little mini, uh, you know, uh, prayers of salvation when I was a kid because I was like. I'm just not sure if I did it right. You know, I was very, like, from, from the age of three, four, five, you know, it was, it was very um, into all of that. And grew up in Bible studies, grew up in um, going to youth group on Wednesday nights and all that. So it was a huge, huge part of my life. And then similar to your age, so, so in college, one of the things I did was I, I would send out a Bible verse to all my friends every week and my little commentary about it. And I was like this sort of wannabe pastor in training or something, but... Um, but in after college and in my 20s, sort of in the same time frame I think you're talking about, Bob, I started to have these same sort of questions it sounds like you did, which were, you know, let's, like reasoning from first principles, like reasoning like not just, oh, I've always been told this, but like what have I experienced and what have I seen and what can I see? I started to question, you know, whether or not I really had everything figured out myself. And it's funny how it kind of parallels or, or perpendiculars or whatever you would say with, with but yeah. what both of you are saying, actually, is there was this sort of, um, you know, questioning all the same questions and then ending up going, well, I, you know, I don't feel like I have uh, a reason to continue believing what I've always believed. It's just funny how we all came to different conclusions. Or yeah, and highly individualized, you know, meaning our, it, it doesn't matter if you're surrounded by a bunch of people who think, well, I shouldn't say it doesn't matter because you were married to somebody and that mattered, who was a Christian. But I mean, you're, you're, in other words, your own, what's going on in your head is what's going on in your own head, and no one can, I don't think anyone can, can 
can put Humpty Dumpty back up on the wall for you. That's true. That's true. It's not like, yeah. I can't, I couldn't have been there, you know, Drew, to save your faith. (laughs) Well, and I don't think any of us are like, you know, anti anything, you know, like I don't think we're, the three of us were just trying to buck the trends and be different. I think we were just really just going through a, a journey of trying to figure out what it's all, what it all means. To be clear, I meant cutting both ways. If I were myself, an atheist turning toward religion, an atheist friend might have said, don't, yeah. don't go, you what know, you doing? Yeah. I had some resistance among some friends as well. So it, it's a, you know, they couldn't have stopped that. And it's one sense, I think, because it's so. For me, I would say that it all happens in God's timing. And I would have loved for it to have happened earlier, but I don't think that was my story or what what God had intended. Have you since then, it's been four or five years, five years I think you said, have you delved a little more into, because I'm sure you've still had, okay, I'm sure you've had an occasional doubt, you know, is this all still real? Have you felt yourself a little more motivated to look at some defense of your beliefs and so on more than sure. you did before even defending sort of your, your sure. non-belief? It's interesting from this side, I have explored more my belief than my unbelief. Mm-hmm. And that has only helped to strengthen my resolve in there's a God, I'm not it. Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and He died for my sins. When I start looking at historical records or manuscripts or copies of and how close they were dated to relative to other ancient philosophers, etc., those things help to strengthen that from a, uh, I'd say, a secular history point of view, but really most of it I feel in my own heart with my own experience and and asking God to show me things and reveal things to me in his perfect timing. And Drew, I guess you have also thought a lot more about your faith probably or non-belief, that, you know, that aspect, wouldn't you say, since the change? You know, I think it's something that was always a huge thing for me. Um, I was never, you know, I kind of joke about going back to literally preschool and elementary school, always wondering, like, am I I doing this right? Am I, you know, like, it was, there were always questions for me of, like, did I, did I truly believe? Like, even just knowing myself. But then also just, like, well, why? And, like, what is it that, you know, is it just sort of, like, for me, it wasn't, like, the desire to believe and to have peace and all that was, like, yeah, but I want to know what's what's real. And, I mean, I think you would say that that's real to you now. Like, you can perceive that. Mm-hmm. And I would just say that I never perceived that. I never really had the, sure, I thought I did sometimes, but, like, when I sort of looked a little deeper, I was, like, you know, it was. it's, it's funny how the only times that I can recall, you know, feeling like I had an experience with God of any kind are the one are the times that I was doing something, you know, singing a praise song in church, you know, like maybe it was the air conditioner giving me chill bump. You know, there was always something there was always a catalyst for that other than just like um you perceived God from the real perception of of, you know, him coming at me versus versus the other way. I always felt like I was reaching out, and then at the very end, it was just like, 
I'm begging for this experience and not seeing it. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, I think I was just kind of imagining it all the whole time. That's interesting. You know, I've, I've been a little envious of people who have been baptized or come to faith, and it's, a, it's an immediate... Watershed moment. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And, man, that's, that's really neat. Mine, I feel, has been more of a slow burn to a, to a, to a fire. But um, it's interesting that you say it that way cause, because I always wanted that. that like, and, I've, and I've had more of those, those feelings and experiences. But there's, there's some friends who I've talked to, and it's like, man, once the, the day they were baptized, it was like their whole world changed immediately mm. coming up out of the water. Well, what is true. most interesting to me is the peace that you talked about. Because I think uh, most people would say they have that experience. And, you know, they have doubts, but but they have a, a sense, a peace about what, the, the, what they're doing, what, they're, what they believe is right. And, you know, as someone who truly did believe that, I never had that peace. Mm. I wouldn't always... you, but wouldn't you say you had, like, I, so I'm not questioning that you didn't have that peace, but wouldn't there have been something to the sort of intellectual basis or framework to being able to put things generally in order, like there's a there's grounding for morality, there's grounding for rational. Oh, I'm not saying that like there's that. no evidence for Christianity, like in favor of Christianity. I, I meant only that I'm it's orienting. Saying... I meant that that's orienting in a way that when that's removed, I would think, you know, it's. And I didn't feel like I was disoriented when I was an atheist, but I'm just saying by by contrast. You know, there are some big things that get settled if you're a theist, right? Oh, well, I'll say, you know, in the first years of, of sort of quitting my, you know, religious practice, it was it was very disconcerting because uh, I was like, not only, I, I wouldn't say that I had questions about like, well, how do I even know that two plus two equals four now? Because there's no... <laughs> authority giver for the, you know, like, how do we know that our minds work? I didn't have these kind of like almost, mm-hmm. you know, uh, asylum-ish thoughts, but I did, I did have very like serious emotional struggles of like, you know, am I going to go to hell if I give up on this? Like what's going to happen? And it was very troubling, you know? Did you have any, Bob, any similar thing when you became a Christian? Like I had some friends it, it, it became immediately difficult with people that I knew before. But it was relationships, with a lot of people. right? I yeah, mean, you, relationships. You didn't have any internal, like, or did you? I, I don't know. Maybe were you, like, worried had, that you yeah. might be making a huge mistake? Yes. Oh, okay, okay. But, you know, it was, I was a slow burn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I would say that it wasn't real long-lasting, and I was, but. No, I don't think I've experienced anything like that, okay. or not that I'm aware of yet. I try to stay off social media, so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, you know, it's 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 all people's social circles. It depends. Yeah, it sounds like you had on... more people dragging you towards it. Well, uh, and that's than, exactly than it. Build the, it. The, <laughs> my circle of friends and my community are more believers, and um, even before I was seriously walking down the path of Christianity, I would go to church with Jen to support her as my wife. And I'll tell you what, we were at a church where they celebrated communion every. Sunday, and that's a very odd feeling, being the, what I perceive was the only person sitting in the pew while Oof, everybody else yeah. gets up. And, that is awkward. And and my thought was everyone's looking at me, talking about or thinking, look at mm. that atheist over there. I've been there, yeah. And, <laughs> and then now, when, when, I, when I am taking communion and I see somebody who didn't get up, I, 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 pray, I just... I hope that they are touched in the same way I was. Uh, you know, nothing beyond 
you know, love that person, hope that they're... It's interesting because so many people we talk to have and have such a negative view of Christians and of uh, uh, they say a lot of things that are, I think, often true <laughs> about Christians because Christians are human beings and do a lot of dumb things and say dumb things. And uh, But it's interesting to me for your spending time with so many Christians that it was actually more of a catalyst. More, it, was, it seems like it was more of a magnet than it was a repulsion mm-hmm. Absolutely. in your case. So speak speaks, and it, and it speaks seems, well of the group that you were connected to, I guess. It seems yeah. to, in a lot of my conversations with people, whether atheist or not, is... A, a lot of religion or Christianity is distorted by people, um, mm-hmm. not necessarily by what's in the Bible, but but people and the way we interpret things or act upon things or say things uh, towards towards others. Mm-hmm. I think I'm, you know we don't have to wrap up right now, but I am starting to think about where the divide is. Yeah, and you know it's it's funny. It's, in some ways, it's painfully obvious. It's like you guys. Your Christianity looks like this. Mine never really did. Yeah. But you know, it leads me to the sort of the deeper question of like, why? Why is that? What you know? Yeah. What happened? What is happening? You know, it's it's. Well, it's interesting that he didn't say things like, "Well, my I I," or maybe you did say this and I missed it, but like specific prayers got answered. That's one thing I hear a lot from atheists as well. You know, you can pray or not pray; it really doesn't matter. But I've heard that a lot, you know, that you, can, you can test prayers. I'm not sure I'm following. Well, meaning he, he didn't say, oh, well, I prayed three things. Oh, and they all got and answered. And they all got answered, and, and, and that yeah. made me know. In other words, I'm showing sort of that's something that was, uh, you want, yeah. You want an example? Huh? <laughs> I can give you an example. Oh, you had a you prayer that was answered. I can give you an example. <laughs> okay. Well, no, let's just say that that actually was then important for, in your case. Because um, I remember praying when I was when I was you know in the darkness of a of a um, of my room and thinking you know this is the first time I've talked to God other than when it was at the end of a football game. This was after you had first converted. I, I hadn't converted yet, and I was just for uh, the first time thinking, well, let me test out. This if God thing. is real, let me test this out. You know, would you do this, that, and the other? You know, and I would throw things out like tests of what about this, that, and the other. And honestly, they're so unbelievably embarrassing. I could, I probably could only tell my wife ever what they were that were my litmus tests. I have a goal now for the rest of the episodes right. of this podcast. <laughs> You'll get there because you know it. it's interesting. What's interesting, just thinking back on it, is you know it wasn't like God come down from heaven and show yourself. You know, just just be sitting. You know, out in the courtyard on the bench tomorrow morning or something. It was way more specific, deeply and specific personal things to me. You know, like, yeah. and I think that's okay. interesting. That's <laughs> and so, but but your point is that those never got answered, and yet you still, you know, became. Yeah, a I came a believer despite that. Is what I, my point is. It was really despite that, and uh, the things that stand out to me now were bigger things like the uh, the the. Um, the value of truth in the Christian communities I was interacting with, um, where I was kind of a habitual liar and felt I would lie at whatever I needed to, to get what I wanted, you know, as well, if I felt like I could get away with it, there was no constraint on my lying. And I could tell these people really valued truth. Hmm. And that really had an impact on me and, you know, things like that. Um, well, getting back to the divide, I think, you know, it's going to have to be a little unsatisfactory for me because I would love to know, you know, because, you know, I think you guys are both very different individuals. You're not of, of an ilk that is just, 
you know, credulous or something, and you're just yeah. following this, this Christian path uh, without thinking about it. You're both very thoughtful guys, and yet I had the same path, and I came down on a, on a different yeah. uh, conclusion and had, had sort of a different, I don't know, we, we didn't really talk about Bill where you stand on the whole uh, being at peace thing and all, and, and I don't think that's really the crucial element of this, but it, but but there is some like. Um, I think that's become in the more that important for me the more I've progressed in my own thinking since I became a Christian. That where I've had moments where I've thought, you know, I'm doubting, uh, or I wonder is it really ultimately true? Um, I would say that 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 does play a role in maybe maintaining my faith, that I see it very much as, as op, you have door number one, door number two. And door n- number one seems a whole lot more appealing to me. There's a famous scene, you know, where Jesus says to his disciples after he's preached a sermon, and it was kind of awkward because he talked about eating his flesh. And um, they a bunch of people abandoned him. They didn't follow him anymore. And he turned to his the, the twelve or whatever, and he said, do you want to go away also? And uh, Peter speaks up and he says, well, to whom shall we go? And I do think that's been a bigger part. At times, I wouldn't say it characterizes my normal weekly experience, but at times it has. And as I've progressed in really trying to think through the nature of belief and the nature of God, and even for my part, a little more of a historical, philosophical probing of all that stuff, it's that's played a a role. I had a friend who, who basically said that to me, you know, to, to whom shall you go? You know, like, what, mm-hmm. what are you, and I said, well, just, you know, the truth. I'm not, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not going to, to believe something because I have no alternative, you know, right. like, but, but, you know, I'm not trying to, we don't, I'm not, I don't want to debate. Uh, I just do think it's really interesting how, you know, you would see one thing and go down this path and I would see the same thing oh, yeah. and, and just go a different well, in a, way. In a very different, like it's very, very clear to me, I'm sure you will feel this way, Bob, that people who grow up in Christianity definitely, there is something um, that, it's a little different perspective than I have. And I, don't, and I had some Catholic exposure when I was very young, <laughs> very young. But I mean, basically it was, you know, we were non-religious mostly. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think it's... Um, yeah. I mean, I think the divide's a little deeper than that, than, than just you guys came at it from non-Christianity no, sure. and I, the opposite. But, but, but it's very uh, interesting. I, I guess we're going to have to wrap up, but it's interesting to me to talk about these things. And I really appreciate you talking with us, Bob. Enjoyed it. I'll, yes. I'll just add one thing about the divide that, has, that for me has been important. I like to check my ideas against things outside of Christianity. So there's a famous Socratic dialogue or a Platonic dialogue where um, the, um, the, the, the guy who's sort of representing Plato's voice for all practical purposes is they're, they're entertaining the different ways you can look at ultimate reality. It's not about God per se, but it touches on what ultimately becomes the distinction between theism and non-theism. And there's just one, and the, the guy who's sort of the voice of Plato just says, he just stops the other person and says, it can't be that. I mean, he's, because if it's, that, if it's that alternative, it would mean the whole thing is chaos. The whole thing we live in is chaos. And he's like, he just sets it aside and says, but it can't be that. And I think that's how I sort of feel, even at a sort of philosophical level. Now, I didn't feel that initially, but that that would be my sort of uh, attempt oh, to try and check it. But, I get that, and that's why I alluded to, you know, like when I 
sort of began to stop believing, I didn't have this, oh my gosh, how is 2 plus 2 equal to 4? Yeah. You, know, you would think that, okay, there's no, there's no creator bulwarking my value systems or anything. Everything's going to come crashing down. I'm just going to murder people all the time. And like, but it just doesn't happen that way. I think one part about the, the divide is how mysterious that divide is. Hmm. I think that's one thing that really stands out to me. I'd agree with that. I mean, you know, you and I agree on so many things, and it sounds like, Bob, you know, we agree on a lot of things. Just, I mean, I've known you about (laughs) 30 minutes, and I've known Bill for years, but still, it's, 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 it is amazing Hmm. how mysterious that whatever it is. That real fork between belief and non-belief, which you're, you're, that going back and forth, going back and forth, which all of us have experienced. Every one right. of us has experienced that. Yeah, that's what. And I'm... that mystery of at what point does the rubber band snap, <laughs> mm-hmm. and the the ball goes in one direction versus another is 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 definitely mysterious. It is. Well, this Bob, has been thanks. Great. Thanks yeah. for for being Enjoyed it. for being here. Uh, and um, I am Bill the Christian, and I'm Drew the skeptic. Thanks for listening. The Divide is produced by Alan and Ben Hawbrooks and edited by John Workman. Dalton Reed handles IT. Join us for further discussion on this topic at our subreddit, The Divide by iPub. To learn more about other episodes and who we are, check out ipub.org slash the divide. See you next time on The Divide.